welcome to another edition of the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping Keepin it, it Real. It's Jim Vavidistax. That was Chris Carl. Chime in. Chime Howdy. in again, Chris. Chime. <laughs> and Eric Morrow. Hey, guys. All right. So uh, not a lot happened this week news-wise. However, a bunch of stuff kind of broke right after we recorded last week's podcast. So we have a few big news items that we're going to uh, uh, talk about today. But let's dive into last weekend's box office. Uh, which I was horribly off on predicting. <laughs> I really thought Hangover 2 would get beaten by Kung Fu Panda 2. I, w- I was right there with you. Yeah, yeah, well, I really sucked at that one, didn't I? Uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris got the order right, but uh, Hangover 2 performed far beyond uh, our Anybody's. expectations. Yeah, um, <clears throat> It ended up making, uh, I want to say, like 130-something million for its whole five-day thing. It's the uh, biggest... Uh, comedy opening of all time, but it, already it, comedy or comedy period. Um, I think comedy period. It wow. beat it beat Bruce mm-hmm. Almighty. I know that, and I don't think that was R rated, right? No, no. Okay, so Hangover Two made in its four day. I, I just have four day numbers here. It made one hundred and three point four million dollars. Kung Fu Panda came in second place with just under sixty one. And Pirates of the Caribbean with 50. So we all, except, well, not we all, uh, Carl had the order correct. Yeah. Um, and he had the number, he was he Close. was a little bit off on, well, we were all off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think it was Even the, Bridesmaids the, did the least bitter. off. But, yeah. I mean, Bridesmaids we all had pegged in the teens and it hung in there again uh, with just under 21 million. So that's, that's a huge hit, too. Um, and then Thor and Fast Five rounded out the the rest of the the biggies there. So okay, Hangover Two, huge box office, but you know, not kind a, of not a great reaction. Yeah, to the film. Medi- mediocre reviews. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, some of the fans that chimed in on my review were, you know, they were very positive, but there were also plenty that were like, I can't believe this thing got made. Blah blah blah. Um, and now there's talk that they're going to do a third one yeah. just based on that alone. They have uh, Craig Mazin, who co-wrote the second one, fleshing out a story for part three, which Todd Phillips, director, has already said would be a finale and all that. Um, I, I guess it's his Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. <laughs> you know. His trilogy. I, you know, I actually liked uh, Todd Phillips a lot better when he was doing other movies. I, I, I thought the first Hanger was okay, not amazing. Um, and I really want to see him get out of it and do something else. But yeah. you know, I don't think the movie going public wants that as much <laughs> as I do. Well, Eric Goldman made a very kind of a funny observation. He's like, if there was a prophet talking to Warner Brothers and he said that their three biggest money-making franchises would be Batman, Harry Potter, and a comedy about guys who keep getting blackout drunk, what they have believed in, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Hangover is, is, you know, obviously a huge hit. Kung Fu Panda 2, I believe that actually opened a little less than the first one, but yes. that got... Uh, it, it got really good reviews, and I mean, I saw most of it a couple of months ago at an industry event, and I liked it for what it was. You know, it's it's you know it's generic enough, but it's 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 cute, it's fun. You know, right. I think kids would like it. But do you think that is? Uh, I mean, DreamWorks stock dropped yeah, the next day based on that. So they're considering it kind of like a failure, right? I mean, I, I you think know. you have to consider that a failure after. You know, after you can't underperform when the first one was considered a success. You can't like come back and have a movie that like does worse at the box office the next time out. I just feel like 
I don't know. I, it's going to be rough going the rest of the summer too. It's not like that movie's going to have long legs. So yeah, you, you know, we've been talking about this a lot in the podcast that things are going to have to really, really come out and dazzle on the first week in order to be considered a success. And that <clears throat> underwhelmed. I mean, we all had it pegged twenty million dollars higher, and I actually yeah. think that's probably what DreamWorks was looking at too. I think, I think everybody kind of thought it would be. Uh resonate a lot more than than it did what do you attribute its underperformance to maybe a split audience with pirates i mean that's the only thing i can really think of um you know i i don't think there's anything really rio's been out for so long now i believe it if it's still in the top 10 it's in the bottom of the top 10 it may have already dropped out of the top 10 um it's in rango has been gone for a while so it's not like there's other animated fare that's kind of eating into that that audience but maybe people just felt like I don't not, know. Not Wait even really video? many f- like family family movies, you know, like yeah. movies yeah. that are like really skewing young. You Unless know, the, the kid, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe the kids didn't really go to the movies last weekend. Maybe I mean, you look at it: Hangover, Pirates, Bridesmaids. Those all kind of skew kind of teenagery, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Well, Bridesmaids is an adult movie, you know, like not an adult movie, but <laughs> <laughs> more adult than you know. I don't think teenagers are really going to go see that necessarily. Right. Um, Hangover is is a movie that teenagers are either going to try to sneak in and see yeah. or, or, you know, get parental guidance or whatever yeah, yeah. you need. I just think it's kind of a, a, you know, we're obviously at the end of the summer, like you, you alluded to, we're going to have a, a, a postmortem on the surprising failures of the season. And then, you know, the ones that were not too surprised didn't do well, but you know, how, how, thankful do you think marvel is that they open up thor when they did <laughs> i mean great and and also it has to be noted that um it made back its budget like in the u.s uh, yeah. over this last weekend yeah um and which, it's already cleaned up overseas yeah which means that that is a very very profitable film when even mm-hmm. when you consider all the marketing that they did for it um and, and then it's going to clean up on blu-ray and yeah i don't think oh, it's yeah. over yet either i think thor is going to remain in theaters for a few more weeks and you know get a couple you know like five yeah. Ten more million dollars, maybe, and that's a pretty good haul for that movie. I yeah, think. I mean, it was still in the double digits last week, and it made you know twelve million. So if it even drops, you know, uh, if, you know a little bit more, it could still conceivably make like eight or nine million this week, and if you know people are interested, still. But I, you know, I just think that it's it's it'll be curious to see if um, you know if any other kind of family oriented movies underperform i think that's really strange because that's the thing everybody always banks like oh that's easy money like i mean cars two we all think is going to be easy money but similarly cars one isn't like the most beloved of the pixar movies it's one of the more profitable it is by the kids though yeah yeah yeah. and it's i mean you would be hard pressed to not believe that little boys will go out in droves to see that movie yeah. and buy all the toys and all that. I mean, I just, if that thing is considered an underperformer, I think to me that would be the big shock of the summer. I had no sense of um, Kung Fu Panda's uh, marketing, though. You know, I really didn't was, see... Was, I don't know. I, I saw a lot a of, of it. I saw a lot of billboards, things like that. I mean, it's, it's tough... You know, living in L.A. to get a sense of it elsewhere. Right. But I'm sure there were a lot of, you know, TV ads and stuff. The other thing, I think the thing that we probably don't see that much, and, and Eric, you're probably going to see more of it because <laughs> you've got a, a one-year-old, but um, is how these things are being marketed now to kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a sense of if kids are stoked on 
Kung Fu Panda, you know, I, yeah. or Cars or whatever. I just kind of like hear about it with my f- through friends and stuff who yeah. have children. But you know, like that's a big, big part of it. The the sort of like bugging mom and dad factor is like huge <laughs> for those things. And yeah. you know, I look back to when I was a kid and I'd see something on TV, you know, an ad that was aimed at me, and I'd you know go like tug on the old pants leg and be like, Dad, 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 can I see it? Can I see it? You know, like, and you have to have that. And if your marketing isn't accomplishing that, yeah. as, as sort of cynical as that sounds, then you're failing. Well, let's uh, let's dive into some news because there's a news item that ties into. Pirates 4, which is that, um, you know, the rumor mill has it that uh, given the overseas and, you know, decent uh, domestic performance of of Pirates 4, that they obviously want to make a Pirates 5. And the rumored shortlist of directing candidates include Tim Burton, (laughs) Sam Raimi, Alfonso Cuaron, Sean Levy, who did Real Steel, and... uh, Chris White's, or is it Paul White? Uh, Chris White's the guy who did Golden Compass and New Moon. Right. Now, uh, Ramey and Burton. Re- retired, by the way, from directing after Golden y- Compass. Yes, yes. <laughs> we all knew that was going to stick. Um, you know, Burton and Ramey have been rumored, were rumored for Pirates 4. Burton obviously, you know, made a billion dollars for Disney with Alice. Um, they're still trying to get Rob Marshall to come back to direct it, I guess, mm. but you know, he's going to go off and do The Thin Man with Johnny Depp, so. He might not be available. Um, I don't see what any of these directors, with the exception of maybe Sean Levy and uh, uh, Chris White's, would see in doing a Pirates 5. Why would Tim Burton, outside of hanging out with Johnny Depp again, uh, or Sam Raimi, or especially Alfonso Cuaron, what's the value in there of doing a Pirates 5 for these guys? I mean, I think there's something to be said for making blockbuster movies and getting that paycheck and also being seen as a person who makes blockbuster movies. Yeah. You know? Koran, what, what has he really done lately? You know, mm-hmm. he did well, the Harry been, Potter movie. No, no he's been, the he, one. Well, yeah. he did children of men, but he's been trying to get this movie gravity off the ground for ages now. And I, I'll believe it when it's, you know, mm-hmm. when I see a trailer at this point. You know? So, yeah, I mean, there, there are those directors who make a vanity project and then make a blockbuster and make a vanity project and they kind of flip-flop. And I could see Quran doing something like this for that reason, if we're, like, trying to come up with a reason why they yeah. would do it. I don't I, see Sam Raimi really doing this. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, me neither, especially with all the other projects that he's, like, attending. Yeah. I mean, he's got Oz... He's got World of Warcraft still, right? Yeah, or but that's – I mean that keeps getting backburnered and <clears> – <throat> sorry, I'm losing my that voice. That thing should I, – I don't know who said this, but uh, that thing should just be turned into a TV show now. Yeah. Um, I mean given Game of Thrones, I mean yeah. I, I don't think you'd yeah. have to go that dark with it. But you yeah. know, I think Game of Thrones has proven that you can you can do a lot of things. Like um, the White uh, the Whites is actually bring it back to Chris Whites and his brother Paul have been trying to do Elric. Uh, uh, that, the Michael Moorcock right uh, uh, series, and actually one of the guys, the uh, the the nasty, um, uh, I forget his name, the guy, the, the long white haired guy on uh, on Game of Thrones who ended up with the helmet, he he looks like Elric, you know, from, oh, from the yeah, books, yeah, yeah. and that's like the kind of thing where the it's series, a darker yeah. oh. darker fantasy kind of lore that could be you know probably good for TV. But, um, all right, well, that's Pirates 5 down. Do you have anything to... Well, I mean, I can't let this opportunity to escape uh, and <laughs> saying that I really don't want to see a Tim Burton and, uh, Johnny, and Johnny Depp, Depp um, <laughs> Pirates movie. I, you know, what's They're interesting They're doing Dark is, Shadows right now, which is going to be in 2D, mind you. So kudos for them for yeah. doing it in 2D. I honestly think that 
Burton would have been kind of cool to see do a Pirates movie right around Pirates 2. Mm-hmm. But it, by the time we're here at Pirates 5, it's like both of them well, together have become so Pirates much ridiculous. Despite, like, just because it makes money, does it deserve to get made again? Another, a fifth one? I mean, I, I mean, it comes down to money. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not like an artistic choice at this point. <laughs> so I... I, I think that it, as long as Pirates Four continues to rake in bucks and they, mm. you know, well let's uh, let's dive into some other uh, some other news. Now there was an official announcement about the Hobbits. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, guys. So yeah. bear with me. He's here. gone through puberty. Yeah, my <laughs> sack just dropped. Um, <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so the Hobbit Too films officially officially uh, titled the first one, The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey. That comes out December 14th, 2012. And then the second one, The Hobbit, There and Back Again, coming out December 13th, 2013. So, I mean, these titles have been rumored before, but now we finally have it. Um, and any thoughts on those titles? I mean, the second one obviously makes sense. There and Back Again is is the name of the... The book uh, that the he's, book writing. That he's yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah. Bill Bill's Bill writing. Yeah. An Unexpected Journey kind of sounds like a Star Trek title, like Undiscovered Country. And I want to say that... I mean, don't quote me on this. It's been so long since I've read the books, but is that actually the name of of one of the chapters in the book, or like the first I, chapter? Or, I can't remember. Yeah, no. I almost, you know, again, not a Tolkien mm-hmm. <laughs> historian, although I have read all the books. Um, I, I actually think it's uh, it was the name, it, one of the like one of the sub names of that book, wasn't mm. it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. I'll, yeah. I'll check either, it out. Either that, or it's either that, or a chapter name, or like. How Bilbo refers to this thing in in the book, like yeah. oh, I took an unexpected journey, right. you know, like <laughs> and I'm, it, you know, to us, an unexpected journey is crap. I got to go to Ross and get some underwear. <laughs> or you know, it's not, it's not like was, I've got a trip across uh, Mordor. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was theorizing last night that um, because you know we've we've talked about it before. I believe we reported that Orlando Bloom is returning. Yes, yeah, as Legolas for the Hobbit films and. Um, I don't think he's. I'm pretty sure he's not in in the novel, The Hobbit. Uh, uh, there's reference to his dad. Isn't okay, there? I was thinking that they were gonna. Peter Jackson was gonna make him the Archer. Ah, uh, oh, uh, Bard the Bowman. Yeah, and, yeah. and just replace him that character with. Well, Legolas, I know Benedict you know? Cumberbatch. <laughs> is, uh, you know, he, he's reportedly in the movie, so maybe he's part of the film and Benedict. Parana, 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 parana. <laughs> All right. Um, now, here's the other, the, the really big news, at least for the IGN audience, that broke right after we did our podcast is David O. Russell is no longer writing and directing Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Um, so all you know, there was pretty much a universal sigh uh, of relief. Yes, and, and I, I was going to say he screams of joy after that news broke yeah. from uh, from gamers, including a lot of uh, IGN staff. Um, we put up a poll with uh, we we listed the directors. We listed, I believe, about ten directors of you know of these directors. Would you guys like to see directed? And the winner of that that IGN reader poll was John Favreau. Who's huh. tied up with a bunch yeah, of other projects? Yeah, tied up, but you know that's we are. If nothing, uh, if not prick teases. <laughs> so, but you know, one. Um, I'm not that. David O. Russell apparently his take on the story, which angered a lot of fans, also didn't really jive with what uh, Sony wanted from the movie. Which is good because I, I feel like if if he had delivered the movie that 
um, it sounded like he wanted to deliver, it wouldn't have really jived with the mythology. And I think that's what everybody's saying. He was basically writing National Treasure. Yeah. Or National Treasure 2, even, with it, where it's that real extended family thing. Right, right. It's got a modern Indiana Jones feel. You know, it's got to keep that sense of, like, it's got to keep that caper thing. I mean, National Treasure isn't that, like, so, so far off, but yeah. it's far off enough that, like, people will be like, ugh. I think it was the extended family aspect that, that sort <clears throat> yeah. of these invented characters that both uh, rub Sony and the, and the fans the wrong way. And, I, um, and just some of his comments about the tone and stuff like that, I think, just... Uh, I think it irritated fans, and you know, because he's a, he's a good filmmaker. It's not like they right. got Uwe Boll. Yeah, you know? I, I, I think I think you know part of it. Part of like that is like it, he. I don't think he's too bummed about it either. You know, I, I think right. it's like you start hearing all this hatred for this project that you want to get together, and it's like I think after a while that takes a toll, and yeah, like, why your waste interest your time? in the project like is probably like waning a little bit. Yeah, and uh, if he's not like a huge fan of the video game to begin with, or you know, it seemed like he wasn't really. Yeah, um, I, I feel like that's just a. It seems like a paycheck job, and yeah. why do it then? You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, you mentioned Indiana Jones, and you know I do love my segues. So there was a. Even though there was that joke video going around last week about, you know, Green Lantern and all the superheroes (laughs) hanging out in the bar toasting the success of his new movie. Uh, And then Hawkman walks in and everyone's like, oh, yeah, how's that movie of yours working? (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah, you don't have one. Well, now now the rumor mill has it that there actually is a Hawkman movie in development. And the the log line is that it's um, Indiana Jones meets Da Vinci Code meets Ghost. Now, two only two of those three things go together. No, <laughs> none of those things go. Well, together Indiana with Jones Hawk and Da Vinci, Man. right? Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, what is he? Is he? You know, he was a an archaeologist in one incarnation of the comics and a right. museum curator. So, I can kind of see the Indiana Jones, Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code thing there. But ghost, like, what does he get killed? And and well, like, his yeah. I mean, it's this really doesn't tie to ghosts, but I'm thinking maybe this is the misinterpretation or whatever on their behalf. You know, his character continues to be, like, reincarnated through time. Um, it's like a curse that was placed on him. So, you know, he'll die, and then he gets reincarnated again, and he dies. And So I'm wondering if that is maybe the uh, okay. loose connection to ghosts somehow. Yeah, but, I, you know, I always liked it more when it was the, the incarnation of him that was basically the galactic placement from, mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. it, Thanagar? Thanagar, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of cool, but, like, you know, he was uh, possessed or something by an Egyptian god. Or now, he something. was an Egyptian prince. That's where it first originally started, and oh. then he was cursed by um, some other guy, and then... Uh, yeah, the cool thing is that uh, you know there's some there's some uh, costumes laying around from uh, Barbarella and Flash Gordon, so <laughs> they can just repurpose those. There you go. Well, um, other some other DC movie news. Uh, you know, there's that ongoing lawsuit between the estates of the uh, co-creators uh, Siegel and Schuster and uh, Warner Brothers over Superman rights, and you know, obviously there's some really legitimate concerns that some of the key portions of the Superman legend could revert to, if not complete ownership of the character, revert to the estates, in which case Superman movies could be made elsewhere other mm-hmm. than Warner Brothers. Uh, it's, gonna, it's turning into a very nasty legal battle. But one solution that was uh, suggested by um, uh, a writer at a legal magazine 
was that the movie, basically the character would be split into two. That the character of the from the 30s and 40s that the, the, the Seagulls and Schusters have the most claim to, they would get control of that incarnation of the character, while DC would hold on to more modern uh, elements of the character. You So you could conceivably see sort of like the way that there was James Bond mm-hmm. uh, had Octopussy versus Never Say Never Again. Right, right. You could have dueling Superman movies. But imagine like a period Superman movie right. where he didn't have all his powers established yet. And then you have the more modern, which a lot of people would say would be the more profitable one, uh, Superman from Warner Brothers. Do you think that's even conceivable that that would happen? No. Mm-mm. I don't think so nope. either. No. I just – yeah, I mean I, I think splitting it up like that, it's just – it, it gets too muddy, and then, like, from a storytelling perspective, it just gets a little, like, complex. I mean, it's yeah. already complex with Superman, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. I, I, I just really, like, can't everybody just settle and, you know, Superman becomes whole and stays what he is? <laughs> and, you know, let's let's all just get how, how much do you guys think the... Uh, DC Universe reboot uh, is about you – know, this isn't going to be a big comics universe discussion, but how much do you think that is um, part of – Part of like basically to? protecting copyrights and certain – you know, um, uh, very key elements of these characters in, in you know, for future yeah. incarnations. If you guys don't know, um, the DC Universe comics decided that um, all at once they're going to reboot the entire universe. So 52 new titles are going to come out. Um, all at number all one. At number one. Um, they're they're um, keeping elements of the continuity, dumping other elements, and, and a lot of the things that, that have – you know, happened in the DC universe are going to be reset. So there's possible possibility of so all that work that those guys <laughs> yeah, exactly. have been doing for the last you know couple of years has been for yeah the dead not. could come back to life. You know, events could not happen. People you know in current states like somebody who's injured and in a wheelchair perhaps might not be in a wheelchair. <laughs> you know, um, going forward. So you you never know. You know. Right. Um, well, um, one big comic book movie rumor that made the rounds last week. Uh, was that uh, this is potentially spoilerish, but if you've been listening to the podcast, we called this, you know, last year, but that Thanos could be in the Avengers. Now, right. his his gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet, showed up at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con last summer um, for Thor. And mm-hmm. apparently you can see it in the weapons locker at some point in Thor, but I've seen Thor a couple of times now. I've yet to, I to notice it. I really, really I was. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they cut that up. Maybe it'll be in the... Um, the Blu-ray or something, but um, the story is that Thanos and the Skrulls are going to be part of Loki's master plan in the right. Avengers. What do you think about that? God, it just seems so big to me. You know yeah, what I mean? It seems like, really like uh, convoluted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, so- it sounds like he could. You know, if they if they throw Thanos in there, couldn't he end up being to to the Avengers what Galactus was to Fantastic Four two? That big. Just cosmic like threat that or, kind of like yeah. no but that like that really big but underdeveloped cosmic threat that shows up in act three <laughs> yeah. and then like goes away just as quickly yeah. my, my thinking on this is uh you know basically they the, the whole reason for a, a villain that big is that you need a villain big enough for all of them to like take him on right so but Wouldn't it, an I, alien invasion be enough i, th- I feel like loki <laughs> 
I feel like Marvel feels like Loki isn't enough for that, you know, yeah. because Thor kind of beat his ass and, and okay, yeah. so he's deceptive or whatever. But, you know, you're not going to need the whole team of the Avengers. So you're going to have to bring something else in. I, I You can if he knocks Iron Man off the wagon. <laughs> that's his that's his big master plan yeah. is to get I mean, Tony Stark. This thing drunk. is shooting right now. So yeah. it's uh Thanos is one way or another in there or, or isn't not, in there. Yeah. But I it would be interesting to see how Green Lantern would plays into the decision to like how much they go with certain elements. How sci fi it goes. Yeah, how sci fi it goes because and, and 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 it may not even be able to affect that, but like if Green Lantern opens flat, then you, if you're stuck with like a cosmic theme with a bunch of scrolls attacking the Earth, I think maybe it's like well, uh, I don't know because I mean it's already got the established brands of Iron Man and Thor, yeah, and then Cap too. But um, you know, if anything, Green Lantern, if that if that tanks, I, I bet you we won't see that Hawkman movie. You know? <laughs> I don't, I don't we'll know. I'm, I'm actually going to be seeing Green Lantern this weekend. The the press junket is coming up. The movie only opens in a couple of weeks, right. so um, I don't know when they'll lift a review embargo on it. But I'm I'm certainly curious to see how how Green Lantern ends up shaking out. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that it'll be some magnificent kind of sci-fi elements in the the middle section but it'll be bookended by sort of you know weak earthbound stuff like i just have this feeling it'll be kind of like iron man one where it'll be all this build up to like um a brawl in in long beach <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like oh that's that's it, it we'll <laughs> see i think they owe us a space battle yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I mean, Parallax is in there. Parallax could end up, you know, Parallax will either work in Green Lantern or, again, it'll be like their Galactus. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I was watching? Uh, I think it was on cable last night I was watching it. Um, you know, everyone's saying, oh, Green Lantern's like the new Star Wars. I don't know. I think it's the new Last Starfighter. Mm. Uh, I was watching Last Starfighter. I'm, wondering, I'm like, shit, this this actually <laughs> seems really like the Green Lantern thing they're going for. Except for, you know, okay, obviously he's a kid playing video games and all that. But, you know, he gets – basically this alien comes to Earth, takes him off, introduces him to the core, basically. He gets involved in the whole struggle. And I'm like, it's Green Lantern. <laughs> sure, there's some Star Wars things in there too, yeah. but – and then another thing that, that struck me watching Last Starfighter, because War Games has been on cable a lot lately, is it me or were – was the 1980s um, – there were more movies made about video games, about video games, not based on video games, but about video games that were good that were made in the 80s right. than video game adaptations being made now are. You know what no, I mean? Like I totally When you think agree. of like good video game movies just in general, you know, like War Games – even yeah. Last Starfighter's not that bad. It's okay. Yeah. No? I love that movie. I, I, I always see War Games, Last Starfighter, and Daryl in a group of movies. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. That like, kind of... All the same to me, like, in that era. like, And, and it was all kind of, like, early technology. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the amazing thing is, back then, all you really had to, to be afraid of was your speaking spell in Atari. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and they got that bent out of shape over it. It's like, imagine <laughs> if they could foresee the iPhone. Well, they were probably looking ahead and, like, one day Twitter will ruin your life <laughs> yeah don't make you late for work because <laughs> you're sitting there screwing around um uh riddick three 
This is uh, Scott Kaler and I have been joking. This is to uh, Vin Diesel and David Tui what Ghostbusters 3 is to Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that last, you know? last week yeah. a little bit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I'll believe that when it happens. But David Tui says they're closer than ever uh, to having it happen. And the big concession is that Vin Diesel has to work for scale up front. Which is, I, I think, totally fine for him, you know, like mm-hmm. it, as long as he's, he's... got that Fast and Furious money. He's yeah, as long as he's getting something after it opens that, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, there were a couple of big trailers that debuted this week that I just want to talk about very briefly. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the new trailer came out. Apes, baby. And then The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Now, there was some controversy over that because... Apparently, a leaked copy got onto the internet over Memorial Day weekend. Except, the only weird thing about this leaked copy that was videotaped off of a screen was it was in stereo. And there were apparently no people in this theater, no voices, no nothing, no silhouettes of bodies moving around, nothing. So, it, the whole story became was this thing a quote unquote leaked thing on purpose from the studio, right. trying to drum up interest? Mm. Um, and it makes you wonder, like, how uh, a psychopajiba actually had a very interesting editorial on this, where they're like, if it is actually a, a quote unquote, you know, planned leak, the studio can't have it both ways. They can't have people pulling down stuff saying it's pirated, it's stolen, and then aping those same sort of tactics just to capitalize on sort of the heat that that, that pirated stuff gets. In their own kind of guerrilla marketing, I mean, they can. They it's, can, but they it's shouldn't. Not, it's, it's asking not us illegal. to come, but they're asking us to be kind of complicit then in that sort of ruse. Sure. I mean, I, I think anything that's done like that is never meant to be heard about in public. You know, like there's plenty of publicity stunts that have happened throughout history in the movies that you know were done you know for effect. And you know, Hitchcock was like a master at this. Um, the, yeah, like, like when he killed that woman in the shower just to get publicity for psycho. <laughs> I know. I mean, Jesus. But, you know, it, it, it's a stunt like anything else. And I, I kind of agree with the site in that I think, like, you are making a statement about something that you're, you know, you're kind of totally opposed to. You, you can't – you, yeah, totally exactly. You can't, you can't be saying, you know, you know piracy is wrong. We got to bring down the hammer and then the same token kind of – you know, wink and nod at the tactics of that by just in a viral marketing stunt. But, you know, that aside, the trailer was pretty cool. I, I'm mm-hmm. one of the few people that wasn't completely apeshit over it the way that others were. I thought I thought it was really cool. But I think any trailer looks cool when you have quick cuts, a Led yeah. Zeppelin song, and some car chase stuff thrown in. It wasn't just a Led Zeppelin song, though, to be fair. It was Trent Reznor and Karen O doing a Led Zeppelin song. That was pretty <laughs> badass. Yeah, it, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. And I love the original movies. I, I'm still not sold on whether or not we need a new Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And I, I do wonder if the reason why we don't hear anyone <clears throat> speak in the trailer is that they're all doing, like, you know, silly hurdy-burdy Swedish accents because it's supposed <laughs> to be set in Sweden. I know? doubt it. I think they're probably going to play it straight with the... Uh, you know, I'm a Daniel Craig. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that... Um, I, I I thought the other movies were good, not amazing, especially two and three were not amazing. The I liked two. I didn't, I didn't care for three, three at all, pretty, though. Pretty, um, it was flat. It was just yeah. like imagine if the Ponderous. third, yeah, imagine if the third Born movie had been all about them talking about what happened in the second one. That's the third, yeah, oh, really? girl movie. Yeah, I gotta see those. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, here, I'm missing out. You know, yeah. I, and and 
I don't love the um, I don't love Nomi Rapace or however you pronounce her name. Like I think Rooney Mara is actually more interesting. Um, well, we're, we'll wait and see about that, Chris Carl. Yeah, because <laughs> I think Nomi Rapace. Or, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I know. First of all, she has to tell America how to say her yeah, name. Yeah, we have to learn. And that. this is from a guy whose name is Vavida. <laughs> okay. But you yeah. know what else needs to be renamed? I'm sorry, but I saw this complete non sequitur here. But um, I'm on Twitter this morning, and uh, there was a news story called um, uh, yeah, Scientists Seek to, to Extract Gas from Uranus. <laughs> and I'm like, from the planet Uranus. I'm like, Uranus needs to be renamed. Right. Desperately. <laughs> you can no longer call that planet Uranus. Exactly. N- let alone set out a, a news story saying extracting gas from Uranus. <laughs> so that was uh, that made my morning. Yeah. But let's talk about Rise of the Eighth yeah. uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes trailer. Now, Eric, you are our you and Scott Clare are resonant uh, apes nuts. I'm I'm late to the party, but <laughs> I still love them. Uh what do you think of it? Um I, I liked it. Um I thought it showed. I liked it. I liked it because it showed more of the the rise, I guess, part of the title, like mm-hmm. the 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 revolution that's going to happen with the apes. It showed a little bit more of the action. Mm-hmm. The teaser was cool just to see um, the apes in motion and stuff because they're yeah. all CG and they looked really good. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I kind of dug the whole. There was some kind of creepy moments where you know there's people standing around there's just apes all these smart apes I, I like the horror and, movie vibe yeah that exactly. is like you know because it's it's a it's a uh, takeoff on the fourth planet of the apes movie mm-hmm. conquest of the planet of the apes right yeah or battle for the planet Con- no, conquest conquest yeah um so but we have yet to see any of the apes speak mm-hmm how much you want to bet that Caesar, the the main ape played by Andy Serkis, doesn't actually speak until the last the very act. end? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I mean I, that'll be his big payoff thing. Is like you know, yeah, yeah. Well, especially since they're kind of um, back engineering uh, the mythology here. You know, in the original Apes films, um, the fourth film, Caesar is intelligent because. His parents from the future yeah. have traveled back in time. So yeah. he's born intelligent and speaking and whatnot. And he has to basically hide his right. his, his real persona behind that of like a, a, a circus ape. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, befriended by Ricardo Montalban. Montalban yeah. <laughs> and then here, the, the premise, I believe, is like, um, you know, it's it's medical drug testing and, and, yeah. and whatnot. And, and they're trying to cure Parkinson's and exactly. Stuff like that. And they develop, a, a like a, a formula that, that makes the brain repair itself. And, and the side effect, I guess that has on the, on the apes that they're testing is intelligence basically. Yeah. Increased. So, yeah. So I think you're right. I think it's literally going to be like the last scene or the last sequence Call of the me movie. Caesar. And then <laughs> cut to black, you know, that kind or of thing. he puts on a purple leather tunic, <laughs> exactly. gets a horse and says, let's do this shit, you know? <laughs> but, you know, that also speeds up the clock on those movies because, right. you know, the, the old Planet of the Apes movies, they were set like 400 or 500 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And mankind had been destroyed in a series of wars and all that. So now this really is like rebooting that whole mythology if it's going to be put into um, – well, yes and no, I guess. I'm going to correct myself here because in Conquest of the Apes – I mean this is no spoiler. You don't mm-hmm. call it Conquest of the Apes. And it's basically a prequel set within the established continuity and not have the apes win in the end. Right, right. But, you know, I guess it kind of ends – that movie ends on a note where they're in the 
21st century at least, or at least the late 20th right, century, because right. that movie was like 74 yeah, or something. Yeah. So, you know, that's still 400 years they have to get from that stage to when Charlton Heston showed up. Right, you know? right. Now, here's something about the Planet of the Apes movies that I, I could never figure out is, okay, if they've been sentient for that long, uh, you're 400 years, you know, later, and you have automatic weapons, but horses? Yeah, well, <laughs> that was one of the cool things that I thought about. Uh, um, for a brief time, I think it only lasted a season, there was a, a Planet of the Apes animated TV yeah. series, like a Saturday morning cartoon series. And in that, the apes, like, dr- it was set in the, like, Charlton Heston, I think, time period. Yeah. Um, where the humans didn't speak and the apes did. and But they drove Jeeps. Yeah, they had like it, little dune buggy things, Yeah, and right? I think they had like hang gliders too. See, or now some that sort of, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's start talking about uh, this weekend's, uh, this upcoming weekend's box office. Because a movie that's near and dear to our fanboy hearts has now opened. X-Men yes. First Class. And it's already made. Did I say first class or class? Class. Class. Okay. Because yeah. if I said glass, then I should Raise work here. Um, it made three point four million in midnight showings, which is just um, uh, just a fraction more than what Thor made. Uh, it, Thor opened with three point three million um, midnight Ooh. showings, and that ended up making sixty six million. Now. Um, X-Men First Class, I really liked, and I actually liked it more than Thor. And I liked Thor, you know, I I liked Thor. I just thought it had some problems, and it wasn't, you know, it was a little inconsistent uh, that the Asgard stuff was cooler than the Earth stuff, blah, blah, blah. We've all kind of talked about that. But I thought X-Men First Class was actually really fun. Um, Continuity-wise, completely screws up, like, everything that's happened but in a far more charming way than Wolverine did. You right, know what I mean? right. Yeah, Wolverine. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm thinking X-Men First Class will probably make, I want to say, I'm going to say $67 million. What What is going to come in number two? Uh, hangover 2. And I, I think that will probably make about $64 million. Cool. Um, Eric, what do you think? Uh, I'm also going to say X-Men First Class at number one. And I'm going to say uh, $75 million. And then I'm going to say Hangover 2 at um, $63 million. And I'm going to say Kung Fu Panda 2. Um, what, did it, what did it open down? It last made 65 Or no, 60, 60, 60 So Kung Fu Panda 2 at um, 40 Cool. I'm going to say X-Men. I think X-Men is going to do um, better than either of you guys. I'm going to put it at 78. Um, Hangover 2 at uh, 57. And I think Kung Fu Panda 2 at uh, 39. Yeah, I didn't get to pick Kung Fu Panda 2. Uh, I'll put that at third place as well. Uh, I'm going to put it at um, 35. Cool. All right. Well, that'll about do it for this week's podcast. Um, we'll we'll talk more about X Men First Class next week, where we can kind of talk more freely about it, spoilerish wise. Let you guys all go see it this weekend. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. We certainly did. Um, and so uh, we also will get to read your email next week. Sorry, but uh, I got to go see Super Eight. So, <laughs> so I'm going to run. And uh, y'all have a good weekend. We'll catch you next time. Later. <laughs>